Hey friends, I'm super excited to share Katie Rustler with you guys today. She's a burnout and hidden grief specialist. She's been a therapist for 15 years and is currently in Germany, but she takes on USA clients as well. Um, she's super fun, super knowledgeable, and I know you guys are going to love what she has to say about hidden grief and burnout. So enjoy. I will put all of her information in the show notes. So feel free to reach out to her if you want any of her resources. All right, guys, enjoy. Hey friend, welcome to Deep Healing for Creative Entrepreneurs. My name is Aubrey Barr and I am a subconscious release technique practitioner and photography business owner. I know you are sick of ending your day feeling overwhelmed and exhausted and you are seeking a solution to help you feel creatively inspired and actively engaged in your business as well as personal life. In this podcast, we are going to dig into any limiting beliefs or subconscious programs that are keeping you in a space filled with anxiety and stress. This work is not a temporary solution for your life, no. This is a complete transformation. So grab your coffee or tea and let's start you on the road to healing. And let me just say, you can do this, you are worth it, and you are meant to thrive in life and business. So let's dig in. Hi, Katie. I'm so happy that you're here with us today. Um, I cannot pronounce your last name. That's okay. Um, yeah, it's so wonderful to have you on here. We've been talking a little bit back and forth and it's been super fun to get to know you. Um, we have a lot of things in common, but you're also very different from me. Why don't you give me a short little intro about who you are, where you're living? I feel like that's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Go ahead. Okay, so Katie Russell, as you shared. Um, so I'm an expat from the USA, but I live in Munich, Germany. I married a man with an accent. Uh, we have three girls, and um, I am a licensed therapist by trade. Um, the work that I have evolved into doing is much more, um, I, I call it like a transformative guide. Uh, I work in the world of hidden grief and burnout because I see them very intertwined, but For many of us, it's more comfortable to talk about burnout and stress management than grief because we think of grief related to death. So the grief that I focus on is everything else, the grief related to identity shifts in our lives, um, changes, moves, losses, all of the things. And um, yeah, prior to really working in the grief space, I was a couples therapist for many years. I still will see couples depending on on, uh, who comes my way. Um, I've worked in locked facilities. I've had private practices, both in the States and here in Germany, uh, worked in schools. I've like in-home counseling kind of done it all. Um, but my love right now is really supporting people online because I can see them internationally, right? Like I'm able to work with many people all over the world and the people that come to me tend to be high achiever, very ambitious, Um, Many were like either athletes in school or triathletes later in life and have kind of, as they would describe, fallen off the wagon of self-discipline and know that the drive that they used to have is just not healthy anymore. So they're really looking for healthier ways to um, improve their lives. You're totally speaking to me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Fell off the wagon. I'll give you my link. (laughs) 
I, yeah, I, I like, yeah, there's just so much there. I mean, um, a lot of us people who are driven, I definitely put myself in that category. Um, obviously, um, we do, we tend to like hyper-focus on one thing and we kind of let something else get, you know, behind the waist. Like when I was lifting weights, when I was in CrossFit, like I was hyper-focused on it. And that was like what I did. It was part of my identity. And then when I decided I needed to shift my business a little bit, I was like, oh, <laughs> I can't do that anymore. <laughs> so that's so funny that you said that because I didn't even know that about you. But I love this emphasis on grief because, of course, I 100% agree with you. And a lot of the people who listen to my podcast probably know that because it is something that comes up. I mean, we don't realize how much we grieve even past experiences or yeah. the idea. Um, I went through a phase in my life where I was grieving. Um, I guess I'll just say it the way it is the loss of my fallopian tube. So it was like, oh, there's no more babies coming that way. Right. But it was after years of infertility. And you would think that with just like miscarriages and losses, that would be enough. But I actually grieved that part of womanhood too. And I remember thinking that I'm like, this is like a phase of grief. Like, wow, I, I, have healed so much from it now. But when I look back on that, I'm like, that's totally grief too. Yeah. And people, a lot of people have to deal with that stage, right? Like that's, that's part of life, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm in um, kind of dabbling in the world of learning more about the emotional side of perimenopause mm. and menopause and the grief work in that. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of collaborating with someone else on a future project so when that comes up, I will let you know, but that like anything around an identity shift, even a physical shift within us that changes a bit of our identity that may not be on the outside, right. But more on the inside, yeah, it's grief. Like you, you still need to grieve it. And most of us don't, we're like, well, nobody died. Why do I feel this way? Why aren't I over it by now? Like we do all the, the yeah. attacking ourselves are those friends that we call friends end up attacking us or family members. Like, why are you still caught up in that? Why are you so bothered by that? And you're like, yeah. um, because it's real and I'm grieving. Yeah. And, and I was actually like, also the other thing is too, people who let's say you're so used to your normal day routines and all of a sudden you break your ankle and you can't do your normal stuff. There's also a phase of grief in that. Like, someone else has to take care of you and you know you're in a lot of pain or whatever but there's that grief of being able to do my own stuff being independent or whatever so like there's definitely yeah. more physical and emotional like attached with all of that right I don't well, know <laughs> people probably can relate to that a little bit because we've all had like minor setbacks like that where it puts it right in your face like wow yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then you have like say the ankle right maybe it doesn't heal as well Mm -hmm. or it takes longer than you'd like for it to heal. And there's that grief of, I'm not as mobile as I was. Uh, mm -hmm. like, wow. Now I can't do the sport that I loved in the same way. I have to adapt a bit. And like, it's just not what it was. So for yeah. me, grief is letting go of the way we thought life would or should go. And that's that what it was discussion, right? Like, well, this is not how it was. I think this is why a lot of the times, like, athletes, I call them athletes. I don't know if they call themselves athletes, but I do. I mean, if you've done, you know, major like swimming, tennis, all these big things, like you're an athlete in my book. Right. Um, <laughs> if you go from that lifestyle to not that lifestyle, that's a big identity shift. Um, 
your body has to take a shift too, right? And your body maybe doesn't respond to food and even normal exercise yep. the way you want it to. And you start to shift. There's a lot of grief work in that. And a lot of like, who am I now? Yeah, I totally that see that. And I know that, like you said, a lot of people don't realize that that's what's happening is it's like grief. So yeah. how do you kind of connect those dots for them? How do you, um, let's say market for lack of a better word to those people who don't realize that's what's going on with them. Like maybe the people who are listening or, you know, their friends or family, something like that. What I typically talk about then is the symptoms that they're experiencing. Like, you know, as soon as you lay down to go to bed and all of a sudden you play through that scenario that happened this week that you're like bothered that that happened and you're replaying how it, and you feel it in your body again, the embarrassment or the shame or whatever, that loop is happening for a reason. That's not the first time you probably ruminated on something like that. And that is because you have past regrets as well that are linked to hidden grief. Um, Burnout, right? Burnout, big thing we all want to talk about, especially post-COVID is like, whoa, how we were living uh, pre-COVID was burning us out. In COVID, we were burning ourselves out. Post-COVID, we're burning ourselves out. And so I have lots of discussions about that. I have discussions about people pleasing because that comes from a place of hidden grief as well. Like there's a lot of things that I I just shed light on what we all are experiencing in normal human, you know, everyday life and, and behaviors and saying, do you know why that's there? Do you know why this keeps happening? And then I go, what is it you feel like you're still grieving? And usually the floodgates open and the person's like, holy crap, I didn't realize this was still there, but now I feel it and I see it. And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. It's a a tough place to be in for some people when they have to actually face that. I know with my work, um, I can usually like pull those out without them having to say them very much. And still, it still unlocks something. Something else came to the surface. And now it's like, oh, I have to really deal with this, right? It's like, ah, but it's right there. And what would you say to people who are, um, let's say they're with the burnout, they're trying to continue to run their business, but they're feeling this, you know, how burnout is. They're feeling maybe like they're not motivated anymore. Maybe that nothing they're doing is making a difference in someone's life or they're not having maybe the success that they were having last month. Like, hello, entrepreneurs, like the ebb and flow is ridiculous month to month. But what do you say to those people who maybe are getting on the verge of feeling too overwhelmed to get anything done? Yeah. So what I usually do is ask people like, what is your why right now? You know, like what is the why that's driving you? Because most of the time why we're getting to burnout is unhealthy motivators. So if your why is, well, I want to make a certain income. Why did you decide that income? What was it about that number that was appealing to you? Is it the buzz thing that everybody's doing? Is it truly your heart's desire? Is it truly what you need to live off of to live the life you want? Like, have you done the math to see how much that is? Because it may not be what you're pushing yourself towards. And once you start to look at your goals in your business, goals in your personal life and go, where did they come from? Am I afraid to be like my parents? Do I never want to, you know, no, I never want to experience this again. Do I always want to feel needed and wanted and never abandoned again? Then you start to go like, Ooh, okay. Let me look at my goals and say, are they coming from a place of scarcity, scarcity, fear, you know, lack, or 
Do they come from a place that really lights me up and excites me? Because then you don't work as hard because you yeah. have trust and faith that are going to happen. And you do pivotal um, like pieces of work that move the ball forward instead of grind, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. I've got to push, push, push. I'm going to be on this social media platform and this one and do this and be on that and this. Uh, and I get it. I have struggled with that for years because I didn't have a clear understanding of why is it, do I have a certain income goal? Who fed that to me? It uh, honestly, when I think about most of the goals we set up for ourselves in lives, they have been modeled for us and conditioned for us over time by marketing, by yeah, I would culture, say marketing. That was by my our family. <laughs> yeah. So if our, or our family, right? Like, you know, doctors are successful. You should be successful like a doctor. You should be successful. Like doctors are so successful and you don't become a doctor, but you give all of your trust in the medical field. And as soon as you have a doctor in front of you, you're like, Oh, you're the best and most wonderful. And it's like, mm, you know, no, actually there's a lot of things that we learn about the condition. Yeah. We have. yeah. So I would say first look at your goals and what is your why for those goals? And is there anything about it that is like, I don't want to feel, I don't want to be like, I don't ever want to experience like um, a negative side of the actual goal, right? Like that's what you're saying. If there's something there, that's kind of keeping you in this yeah. realm of, I need this because I don't want this. Right. I love or that. I'm going to save someone it, for a while there. And I know you, you remember this phase. The phase was, I'm going to retire my partner. I'm going to retire my partner. I'm going to retire my partner. Everybody was like, Oh, I'm going to retire my partner. I, I want to do that. Like First of all, does your partner want to be retired or do they have their own achievement issues where they need to be working to feel good about themselves? But second, why? What is it about that? Like, what's the why in that? Is it to save? It's to be the one that could do it? Is it, you know, like, is it worthiness? Is it, so it's a very hard, like when you sit down and do that activity, it's actually really hard because you'll be like, well, logically, this is why. And you're like, yeah, yeah. But really why it's for so a long time. I wanted money to be able to pay my mom's debt and before she died and, and like rescue her. Mm. And I didn't know that at the time. I didn't realize that I thought like this, I'm going to retire my husband, you know, like I'm going to help my mom and pay off her debt and buy her a house. And like, well, I the celebrities do that. Can you do that? Too? That's exactly <laughs> it. Like I want to do that. That's what you're supposed to do. And then I was like, well, what's my why? And then when she died, I was like, well, really, what's my why now? <laughs> well, what's what's the point? Uh, and yeah. I, I had to take a step back and go, well, what is my why for any of my goals? Why yeah. am I doing any of this? That's- that is such a good question. And I personally, I won't get into it too much, but I personally struggled with whys for a long time. Um, just because of the traumas I had acquired just throughout my life and not being able to really process some of those emotions. Mm -hmm. I had a really hard time defining what that was in myself, but I also was having a hard time just defining myself in general. So it was a package deal for sure that when I started to unshed and kind of release some of that extra baggage that wasn't serving me, then I started to see a bigger why. Right. Yeah. Then I was able to connect and I talk about it a lot with um, my group, but connecting intuitively, uh, the reason we can do that and we can do that better is because we've released some of that extra 
expectations and just wild ideas about who we're supposed to be and why we're supposed to be there, right? And so when you can connect more with your intuition, I feel like the why comes so much more easily. It's almost just given to you, but we block it for so long. And, yeah. and a lot of us don't even realize we're doing it. A lot of people don't. They just yeah. think that they don't have a purpose and they don't, and everybody has a purpose. Like yes, everybody does. There's a place yeah. for all of us. Yeah. And if you think of the analogy of like, if you've ever had to give up sugar, and that, that the, the drive and the itch of like, I need, I need, I need it. That's the kind of the same addictive need, uh, nature for like ambitious people around work. So if yeah. you all of a sudden go, I'm only going to work only this amount of hours right now, this week or whatever, and you free up that space, you'll start to feel guilty. Your brain will tell you you're doing something wrong. You will like look for more tasks, more things to feed the addiction, to eat the sugar, basically. Yeah. Like, oh, but I have to, oh no, there's just one more. And you will convince yourself of that, but this is that burnout cycle. And this is where, what is it that you're avoiding feeling or thinking about? Right. That's hidden grief for like you're feeding it. Yeah. I always like, every time I think about overworking, I think automatically think about self-sabotage. It's yeah. always intertwined in some level. And when, when you say to someone, why are you overworking? It's different from when you say, why are you self-sabotaging yourself? Cause then they're like, what, what? Right. Like, <laughs> no, am I doing this to myself? Yeah. Yes, you are. You know, why is that? Actually, I found a lot of, a lot of programs around generational stuff with overworking, right? Yeah. Because there's this whole, I mean, it's crazy. I, I could, we do sessions on it all the time that last over an hour because there's so much there around overworking in the generational trauma because people were raised in like, well, if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, hard work pays off. Money doesn't grow on trees. These are all programs and they're passed yeah. down, especially from um, a generation of people who, you know, maybe went through the depression Maybe if they didn't have food in their house, they really didn't eat, right? Like there was a lot of stuff going down the line um, that people had to deal with economically that we don't have to deal with now. I mean, it's a big shift and, but we still live in that survival. And so um, also (laughs) the other thing is, you know, not getting paid for the, the hour that you work, but getting paid for the work that you produce is a lot different. And if you look at your overworking and how you're self-sabotaging, well, are you getting paid for your value or are you getting paid for your hours? Um, and I think that if you stay in that hourly pay kind of mindset, then you don't really get out of that so well. I don't know if you agree with me on that one, but it seems to be a big connection there with people. Well, and I think as entrepreneurs, we we tell ourselves, we just have to put a lot of work into it in the beginning just extra hours, extra, you know, all the time, all, all the, the push, the, all the investments and things. And it's, my husband is an entrepreneur as well. His is product-based, I'm service-based. Mm-hmm. And he will say, have you ever sat down and really looked at how many hours a week you're working and what you, what you charge for a session or whatever, and then just divide that up to see how much you're actually, your hourly rate is. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, Oh, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, because right? there's no reason. Yeah. So, and then all of a sudden you go like, okay, so I'm, I'm, you know, 25 cents an hour at this point or like whatever, like, you know, Ooh, this doesn't make sense. 
Yeah. Where is it that I'm overworking? Cause I believe that it's doing something. And if in two years later, all yeah. that overworking didn't lead to something, then that it's not that you weren't doing the right things. It's that you were overworking. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will, will understand that, that listen to this podcast, because it's a lot of artists, a lot of photographers and man, do we put in the work and not get paid for it? A lot of times it is a very common thing in the world. And there's also a whole mindset around artists and not making money. But um, the big thing right now is like pulling up your Facebook and everybody's like, hey, do you know a really good photographer that doesn't cost an arm and a leg? And everybody's oh, like we're making 25 cents an hour, you know? Um, But so, yes, I love that you brought that in because there's going to be a lot of people that listen to this that's going to 100% know where you're coming from with that. And I'll just say the same thing. If you if you look at the hourly rate and the overworking, uh, I love the connection that you made. Like, am I overworking then because it's not paying off or it's not, I'm not receiving what I should be, right? right. I love that you said that. I think that's a really good way to look at it. But it is, it's just like a constant struggle with a lot of artists, so. Yeah, yes. And, and like you said, because there's the cycle there of this is what's normal, you know, yeah. like, all do it we all yeah but do we have like, yeah yeah there's a big uh big discrepancy there because what was normal let's say 50 years ago there was a lot of printing going on with images and stuff and right now because of the digital age um there's not as much like we have to like shift as a whole and so i think that does play into it but um you know if the whole world's not shifting you still can <laughs> yeah you right you're still allowed to go with the flow and kind of change things. If it's not working, change it. Right. 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 <laughs> well, we were talking about this earlier before you started recording that I'm, I'm a three, five manifesting generator. Yeah. And part of what I'm here to do as a manifesting generator is to tell people it's okay to pivot. It's okay to change. It's okay to commit to something and then say, Oh, actually I've changed my mind. I, I can no longer commit to this. Like you are allowed to do that. You are allowed to raise your prices. You are allowed like, you have yeah. permission to do all of these things. And some of it, because of my three, is trial and error and going, did this work? Did that work? How does this work? Um, but I think outside the box, I think very different than people when it comes to it. But I fall prey to the conditioning of this is how we're supposed to do it. Because you get in the Facebook groups or you follow yeah. particular people and they're telling you this is the way because that's what they were taught. And I think often we don't think for ourselves anymore. And so there is the grieving of poor money choices. You know, hey, for the last two years, I invested all this energy into this platform or this whatever. And I believe this is what would, you know, help me. And now I realize I need to pivot and I can't take any of that with me or I can, or, you know, like that is a lot of like, whoa, the dream I had is not going to happen in the way I thought it would. Yeah. The more you can, I once had somebody say that it was the best advice she gave me was the more you can divorce yourself from what you do so that it is not like, oh God, I, you know, I'm having to totally pivot versus I'm pivoting in my work. Right. It allows you to be more flexible. with whatever comes up because and I'm also a manifesting generator and the six line, which is the same as the three for the first half of my life. So I totally see where you're coming from. And yeah, that is a big deal. It's like, um, if you hold so strongly to it, I even did a whole episode about this detaching 
your the energetics behind who you are and who, what your business is because so many of us kind of mend those together i mean it's a part of us but if you can detach that it's it's almost the way we look at abundance right the the best way to look at abundance is you know i'm open to being abundant and no matter it doesn't matter where it comes from it doesn't matter the how or whatever and that keeps you open in all ways so yeah we can be a little flexible and we can kind of you know, change this way or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's so important to be able to kind of detach from that a little bit. Yeah. I, th- I think a lot of people have issues with that because they just lo- allow it to be so much of their identity that they don't see. I get to have a lot of identities. <laughs> you probably do too, but I'm like, which one do I share today? Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, this hat today. Or this hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone asked me for my bio the other day and I was like, well, what is, what is it you're looking for? Cause I'll, <laughs> I'll change it up. Like I'll add in the certifications you're interested in or whatever. Yes. <laughs> it's just yes. crazy, but yeah. not everybody's like that. Um, in fact, a lot of people don't have uh, the ability to see themselves as other things, or even, you know, a lot of, a lot of this energy behind what we're talking about is just being able to go with the flow and mm-hmm. finding that trial and error and then looking at where we're at and saying, does this feel good to me? Does mm-hmm. this not feel good to me? Does this feel like a direction I want to build a career around? Because a lot of things we're interested in, we don't build careers around, right? So it's just like being able to be men- mendable like that. But a lot of people don't automatically do that. So they have to almost think it through in different ways that we're not used to probably. But it's important too. And that goes back to your why and just being able to, you know, point that out and see, see what that means for you. Right. Completely. I love that. I, um, I talked to you a little bit about this before, but what are some of the things that you offer to people as far as your counseling or, um, the grief work? Why don't you go ahead and tell people where they can, they can find that information. Yeah. 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 So, um, if you're interested in just seeing what my work is like, like I, I have a whole methodology I've created around hidden grief because, being in the traditional therapy world for almost 15 years, I realized the ways uh, that we do that world aren't always best for everybody. And um, so I've created a structure. And so my typical way people work with me is over three months and you get, we meet every other week and you have these particular videos that you do in between. So you're really focused in on healing the hidden grief. And we get to the core themes that are supposed to be healed. A lot of people go like, oh, I'm going to tell the stories over and over. And I'm like, no, no. The way that I I have found logically makes sense and balances your emotions in with it is for us to look at it kind of like a historian that pulls out all the like, oh, do you notice these themes and kind of become your own life consultant, right? Your own like I'm, I'm noticing this needs to shift. I'm noticing this needs to be fixed. And so um, the, the way that I work with my clients is really empowering them to start to learn how to do this for themselves. Awesome. Like my out of a job, right? Uh, and we go through each of the series of videos together and really dive deep because one of my giftings is sort of to see the puzzle pieces and figure out how they were supposed to go together without having the picture in front of me. That's how I see things with people's lives. It's like, whoa, did you notice? Like there's this huge cat in your puzzle. <laughs> They're like, oh my God, I never noticed this thing in my life. I'm like, yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah. But also to see the gifts in those 
things they didn't expect, to see the, the lessons learned. Um, so there's that, that three month, but if people are a little bit like, mm, I want to get to know you first, I call them um, soul spa sessions. So it's kind of like that deep tissue massage that's like, oh, it hurts in the moment, but like, I feel amazing afterwards. That's the type of work that my sessions are like. So you can do a mini one for 90 minutes, or you can do a package of three. Um, you can find all that information at uh, katierussler.com backslash work with me. Yeah, and I'll add the, yeah. in the show notes, I'll have all the links that, that you talk about too. So yeah. no worries. That's yes. awesome. And then you also have like an email list that people can just join the email list. Yeah. Yeah. Hear from you more often, probably. Yes, I do. <laughs> um, so a lot of the writings that I do are around things about hidden grief, but I talk more about stress management, burnout, like I said, in the beginning, like people pleasing, what are the things that we're doing that's because of hidden grief and how do we start to get to the core of why we do them? So that's a lot of the emails that I put out are around that topic. Um, as well as I have a podcast called the balance code. And so I share some of the pieces of kind of the nuggets of wisdom from them as well. The way you can get on um, my email list very easy is I have a 30 ways to detox from all the stress workbook and ebook. And I have compiled over the last 15 years, what really are the things that help your brain, your body, and your like soul uh, to, to detox from stress. It takes about four hours in a, a moment, like you have that stress go through and like, ah, adrenaline, right? Cortisol. And it takes about four hours for all the hormones to come out of your system. But if you are in constant fight or flight, yeah. it takes close to six months. I know. It's so yeah, it's not crazy. So for me, it's like, how do we start to detox on a daily basis? And you can pick different things from the 30 ways and go, okay, I'm going to make this my regular routine, even if it's only on the weekends. Um, yeah. So that guide, you'll have the, the link for that as well in the show notes. And then from there, you can get on the newsletter and, and learn more tools. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. I'm sure that I'm sure that a lot of things that you mentioned today will inspire people to make some changes and maybe, uh, you know, take a different look at what's going on in their lives too. Because I'll say one thing to close. Um, once you get to burnout, uh, you're kind of fighting it like big time, right? It's so much easier to, let's say, take the bull by the horns, right? Before you get to full on burnout where you can't even like look at your work. I find mm -hmm. that to be pretty true, regardless of the healing process. Like that's the best way to do it is to just be mindful of where you're at and being able to assess that and make some shifts already before you get too bad, right? Yes, hundred percent. There are so many warning signs. It's it's worth educating yourself. And um, like I said on the podcast, I talk about it a lot because that's you know yeah. you can be preventative versus you know reactive. Oh yeah, I think oh, I would say I have like sixty episodes now, and I would say at least ten of them are talking about that because I'm like just recognize it before it gets too bad, guys. <laughs> Yes, please. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I super appreciate it. And again, everything's going to be in the show notes so everyone can check out all of your wonderful things. And I really enjoyed you. So thank you. Thank you, Aubrey. Thank you. I hope this podcast spoke to you in some way. If it did, please go ahead and leave me a review and subscribe so that I know you're enjoying what you hear. And further, if you know somebody else who owns their own creative business and struggles with anything that we spoke about, 
please pass this on because it is my hope that we will be able to build a community of like-minded individuals who love on each other and appreciate the many facets that make our creative business so unique. And lastly, check out the show notes to find my free Facebook community and other useful links to work with me. All right, friend. See you soon.